I'm Tierra Mitta. Welcome to the Discover Her Purpose podcast, where we are challenging women all across the nation to discover healing, empowerment, renewal, and purpose all through Christ Jesus. In this safe space, we will share our testimonies, have genuine conversations, speak our truth unapologetically, and study kingdom principles to build daily habits and focus on defining what it means to be her in today's modern society. Whether you're broken and damaged or healed and prospering, this is a safe space for you. Real women, real challenges, real grace, real God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Do you know who you are? In this episode, we are diving into who we are so that we know what it is specifically we are releasing. This step isn't the easiest step, and I will not lie to you and say that any of these are because whoever told you that it would be (laughs) picking up your cross daily? No, it's not going to be easy. So when I ask you, do you know who you are? I'm asking you to look at who you truly are who you have been, and place it in front of you. Because I personally have never been a fan of surface work. And what I mean by that is I cannot do things, you know, just, okay, we're going to go back to the root of the issue. We're going to handle this because we want to heal, right? And um, God created me this way because of this very, very reason. And I already told you guys who I work for, right? I work for the father and as the great physician, I can share with you that he isn't about surface work either. He wants us to do our part in this, to heal and be renewed. And this is a process. Again, there is no button for us to push and be changed. We've got to get to the root of the issue in order for us to truly heal. Okay. I think when we talk about sin it's literally like yep 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 like i get it i already know what sin is but do we really know because when i looked at what sin i had literally had to forgive for myself from and ask god forgiveness for if i would have known what and how sin had affected me or how it kept me bound for a decade, I wouldn't have partaked. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have touched it. I wouldn't have known. You wouldn't have seen me. I would have hid my face, okay? Like, I'm telling you, I wouldn't have done it if I would have known the the consequences, seriously. Because we don't see it. And I'm going to share with you how impactful and what this really means when it means for us to sin, Okay, that's why we're going to talk about it. And um, I'm going to share with you Romans 3 and 23. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Sin, it just means to fall short of attaining God's standard. We like to say, miss the mark. I miss the mark. Sin is often identified as deeds such as stealing, murder, adultery, or lying. 
However, a more fundamental attitude deep within the human heart underlies all sins, and it is expressed as I know better than God in this matter. This attitude led Eve to that first fatal disobedient act in the Garden of Eden. Adam had told her that God had forbidden the eating of the fruit, but when the fruit was presented to her as good, pleasant, and desirable, she allowed her own judgment to take precedence over the word directly from God, and she ate the forbidden fruit. God has not given us his word so we can make a reasoned evaluation of his judgment and decide whether or not we want to obey. He has given us his word because that word is truth and life and we are to obey it without question, with unhesitating confidence. To follow our own judgments and disobedience of God's word is to put self in the place of God, no matter how innocent or noble the deed may seem. So let's go to Exodus and look at the Ten Commandments. We're going to go to Exodus chapter 20. I'm going to just read this and then we're going to go over the practical application after it's all read. So it says chapter 20 verses 1 and God spoke all these words and I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the Egypt out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You should not make for yourself an image in the, in the form of anything in the heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You should not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your daughter nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your not, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in towns. For in the sixth day, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Okay, I want to let's go back and make this practical. Um, again, we're going to go one by one through ten. Number one, you shall not have, you shall have no other gods before me. This practical application says to show respect to God and refuse to prioritize anyone or anything else above him. Number two, you should not make for yourself an image. 
Live your life in wholehearted devotion to God. Number three, you should not misuse the name of the Lord your God in vain. This means to guard your speech, to speak respectfully of God. Never use his name for your own agenda. Number four, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Allow time for prayer meditation with proper rest and relaxation. Number five, honor your mother, your father, your father and your mother. Treat parents with respect. Number six, you should not murder. Recognize God's control over life and death. Number seven, you should not commit adultery. Honor the vow of faithfulness to spouse and God. Number eight, you should not steal. Guard against taking what is not yours. Number nine, you shall not give false witness against your neighbor. Respond to others in integrity and respect. Number 10, you shall not covet. Be satisfied with your own possessions and your resources. I don't know who you are. I haven't met you yet. I pray that I do get to do that. One day, wherever you are, if you're listening to this, I pray that we all get to connect. Um, I'm not sure if you have children or if you have the desire to have children. But when I think of my babies, it's not worth it for me as a mother to sin any longer for that alone. Like, I don't want to share with you. <laughs> I don't want to share that. Like, I, I, I want to cover my children. I want to cover my generation. I want to cover my bloodline. I want to cover them. And I want to make this right so that the generations after me, they're able to be covered and still be okay. Um, That's the only thing I think about when it comes to what makes me not want to sin anymore. My children. Let's look at Proverbs 28 and 13. It says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Blessed is the one who always trembles before God. But whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble. When they say conceals their sin, it says conceals their sin carries with it the notion of refusing to admit guilt. King David found that hiding sin only led to negative physical, emotional, and spiritual consequences. His body wasted away. He groaned all day long and his vitality was drained. This is Psalms 32, three through four that you can read and go with. The same consequences will fall on any man or woman who refuses to admit guilt. But confession brings peace and joy as sin is first uncovered and then covered by God with his forgiveness. Confess and renounce imply a changing of mind about sin. The name of the Lord is confessed as the sin is forgiven. And then 14, when it says, blessed is the one who always trembles before God, but whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble. We look at this, it says reverence here is the awesome fear and dread of sin and its consequences. The one who hardens his heart disregards such fear and is what he pleases. He gives no thought to God's punishment of sin. The 
The word confession is a combination of two Greek words, homos meaning the same and lego meaning to say. In its truest form, confession is to say the same or to agree. Believers are called to say the same thing about sin God says, to see sin as God sees it. A theological understanding of confession includes both an acknowledgement of specific sins and a recognition that sin needs to be forgiven. 1 John 1, 5-10, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sins. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Our results of sin and for me, just like Adam and Eve, the exposure of the experiential knowledge of evil, the shame and guilt, the desire for concealment, the fear of God's presence, the loss of fellowship with God, the shift from of blame from self to others. One sin leads to another, okay? So with me trying to hide everything I was doing made me lie, made me, you know, do other things to cover up that. And then me fornicating left me exposed. All of this led me to another thing, which was drinking, right? So it's like one sin leads to another sin, leads to another sin, leads to another sin. It's never, ever going to stop. And that's why I say you never know how long sin really allows you to be kept. Because one sin leaves you open and exposed to the enemy and it keeps you in a cycle. Okay, um, so when it led me to drinking, because of that... I was able to, you know, forget about everything I was doing at the time. <laughs> like I would be happy for a short period of time and then come home crying for unknown reasons. Like what? I was just under another whole influence and it's temporarily, you know, like temporarily doing what it's supposed to do. But then when you come back home, boom, it all hits and it's there. Everything that you're running from, everything that you're trying to get rid of, everything that you're trying to do and everything that you're trying to forget, it's still there. Okay, so when we talk about healing, I know everybody has that crutch that you may be dependent on. It, it's you. I don't know who you are. It may be, you know, like I said, mine is liquor. For you, it may be weed. It may be pills. It may be, um, for some, it's just work. You know, like you're trying to fulfill something and you're missing something. You're trying to fulfill that void. You're trying to just forget about your sins and you're diving into work like crazy, just trying to avoid everything that you need to. But listen, come on back. Come on back. Come home. Come home. None of this stuff is going to fulfill you. I promise you that. It's not going to fulfill you. It's not going to fulfill you. And God is the only person who is going to be able to fulfill you. Jesus is the way. He's the only way that he's going to be able to bring all of this out of you. Once you take away all the masquerade and you take off the masquerade, whatever you're using as a crutch and whatever you're dependent on, that is not Jesus Christ himself. You need to let it go. Release it. Let it go so that you can walk 
the way that you're supposed to so that you can be forgiven, so that you can be free and you can just let go. Okay, let's let go. Let's release. That's my question to you. Are you ready to release? Are you ready to heal? Are you ready to let this go? I'm telling you, it makes me cry. When I think about the women that are literally dealing with this stuff, I see it every single day, every single day. And just this past week, I me is busy. He wants to keep you in this cycle. He wants to. So don't don't do this, y'all. Don't do this. Don't do it. I'm calling out. Whoever you are, come home. Come home and let Jesus do what he needs to do through you. I need you. He needs you. You were designed for a purpose. You were designed for a special time such as this. I need you here. I need you here. And I need you to stop doing whatever you're doing. Stop drinking. Stop smoking. Stop trying to like literally forget everything that you're doing. Stop doing it. Just stop release and let go come back to god come back to jesus let him know what you've done release it confess it and let it go please let it go let it go and we're gonna walk through this together um the next step will be in the next episode but please confess your sins and turn away change your mind just turn away from it I'm not going to forget who I was at this stage of me searching, you know, for what I should be doing and how I wanted to receive Christ. I knew that I, I wanted Christ, but then the way that Christ was presented to me, it was always scary. And it was like, he, I've done too much for him to actually forgive me. I've done too much because of how Christ was presented to me through my entire, throughout my entire life. And one thing that I needed to see was that there was grace and there was, you know, somebody who loved me. And I wasn't just that I was covered under grace, you know, that I wasn't just doing things and he wasn't he wasn't able to forgive me. Um, I needed to see that. And I had wish and like that throughout church and throughout everywhere I went. And when I grew up, that was the one thing that I was like, why is it, it just felt like everybody that was preaching to me, everybody that was talking about sin, I knew I was in sin, but nobody was talking about there was grace. And that was the main thing that I felt like was missed. And I was like, why was that not um, shown to me? And then here I go, trying to show you guys that this is, you know, um, these are the Ten Commandments, and this is what we should follow. But I was literally coming here trying to share that with you, but I forgot the fact that I needed to know that I there was grace, and that grace is what kept me, and that's what changed my life. When I heard that there was grace, that one message, it was called um, uh, Grace Like a Flood. And that was a message from Transformation Church, um, Pastor Michael Todd. When I heard that message and I realized that there was grace 
and that I could still live and I could still turn to him. And there was an open door for me to go through. And there was, there was, he just wanted, God just wanted me to come home and God just wanted me to be, you know, in his arms and just know that there was grace and that he had, um, that his grace was sufficient for me. If people would have taught me that, like, (laughs) you know, years and years before, I would have ran to God right then and there because that message changed me. And it's hard because now here I am in this state supposed to be supposed to be giving you the message and and it's um it's been tugging at me because I'm like but people need to know you know like that this isn't this is hard you know like this isn't the right thing to just think that God can um can just be who like God is who he is but I wanted people to feel like they needed to put some respect on his name. Like, and then I was like, wait a minute, I have to look at who I was. And when I, I looked at this and I prayed last night and I'm just like, God, where, where do you want this? Like, where do, how do you want this to come out? Um, it's literally me thinking and remembering who I was as a sinner and that's what I wanted is to find out that there was grace. And that's what my listeners need to know is that there is grace available. And once we literally go to him and confess to him, we are going to receive that. We're going to receive grace for what we've done and how we've been like dealing with. Everything is going to be covered under because Jesus died for our sins. So everything that we've done and everything that we've, you know, been dealing with, everything that we've tried to partake in, like, Jesus paid the price. And that is the good news that I need to continue to give to you guys is the fact that there is grace available. And grace is what has kept us. And because of the grace that God has given, we have been able to go to him and literally just fall (laughs) right before him and name these sins one by one, confess it, and then let it go. Release it. And that's the biggest thing that I need you guys to understand is the fact that we are releasing and we are like like uncovering everything. But we don't have to stay there. We don't have to stay there. We don't have to continue to sit in it. Like, go ahead and say it, but release it. Release it. We're not going to stay here. We're not going to sit in our stink. We're not going to sit in our mess. We're not going to do any of that. We're going to sit and fall before him and share with him and confess our sins and then let it go. Walk away. Turn away from the sin. And we're all sinners and we're living (laughs) because of God's grace. And I want to leave that with you, that grace is available and he loves you no matter what you've done, no matter what you've did, 
the same grace that God gave me for everything that I did to myself and to my family and to, you know, my loved ones and everyone that I was surrounded by. He showed me that there is grace and it's available for everybody, not just for me, for you, for you and for you. I love you. He loves you. And that's the best news that I can give you. Grace is an attribute of God and he is the essence of grace. Grace and mercy are fraternal twins. They are initiated by the same person, spring from the same source and appear simultaneously, but they are not identical. Mercy does not give us what we do deserve. Grace gives us what we do not deserve. Grace denotes goodwill, kindness, and benefit. It evokes images of a superior granting favors to an undeserving inferior. The Lord's grace includes undeserving favor, unexpected acceptance, and unconditional love. Jesus is the giver of grace. A sampling of grace gifts include salvation, adoption, inheritance, heavenly citizenship, holiness, access to God, forgiveness, preparation for service, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the armor of God, and much more. No wonder we are called to be faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Sin is no match for God's grace. Whatever sin's impact may be, his grace is more potent. God is a giving God. He gives us, he gives out of his love and loves to give. Grace is one of the greatest pleasures. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If this episode touched you in any way, Please do your part as a sister in Christ to get this a five-star podcast rating and spread the word. Share this with a sister, cousin, best friend, or mentor that you'd love to see Discover Her Purpose. And join our community on all of our social media handles at Discover Her Purpose, where you can surround yourself with like-minded Christian women. And check out our website at www.discoverherpurpose.com for more tools and resources. Remember... Your true identity is found in the only one who created you.